Welcome to episode one of the Sing Me Home podcast, the official podcast of the Sing Me Home Festival. I'm Chris Good. And I'm Seth Hendricks. The Sing Me Home Festival is presented by Friends of the Weather and the Manchester Church of the Brethren. Ain't no light like the light that shines from the darkness. Ain't no hope like the hope that sparks from despair. Ain't no flower like the flower that blooms in the desert. Here we are, episode one. Bum, bum, bum. Feels epic, like the start of some long-awaited series, but it's us. <laughs> yeah, if only our 20-year-old selves could see us now. Pretty exciting to be uh, launching this new podcast, but uh, why a podcast, Chris? Mm, good question. Yeah, let's dive in. Why why a podcast? Well, the the Sing Me Home mission is an intergenerational cultural celebration emerging at the crossroads of music, social justice, and spirituality, serving to restore and inspire the heart, mind, and soul. So when we were launching this festival last year during the early days of the pandemic, it came with a lot of unexpected challenges and opportunities once we decided that we were not hosting an in-person festival this year it became even more important for us to continue to explore different ways of nurturing community and living into this mission the podcast format can be such a wonderful platform to create space for moments of authentic connection storytelling and we really hope that we can have a whole lot of fun and share some music along the way, too. How about you, Seth? You always dreamed of being a podcast host? Mm. Dreamed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say more like a natural life transition, I think, when you know you have two incredible podcast voices <laughs> like ourselves. And I know you're too humble to say it, so I did. Yeah, I probably wasn't going to say it myself, but so <laughs> glad you went there. I think it's really, Chris, a lot what you said about cultivating community. And one specific aspect of that is spotlighting this community in North Manchester, which is going to be the physical home of the festival, and telling some of those stories and talking with some of the local people here, those some that grew up here or spent some time here in the past, and then cultivating a new community. I think that's uh, sort of a really inspiring, this podcast and just the vision of Sing Me Home. Should we also share a little bit about uh, some of the programming updates? Yeah, let's do it. Stay tuned later in the show for some uh, world premiere announcements for 2022 Sing Me Home programming. Excellent. Well played, co-host. I believe that's what they call in the industry a tease. So for folks who have never been to North Manchester, Indiana, it's a small college town in northern Indiana where I grew up and where Seth and I first met, started making music together while going to Manchester College, now university. Seth and his family currently live there, and the church where Seth serves as pastor will be the physical host, like he mentioned, of the in-person festival when that time comes on the beautiful 30-plus acre property there. One thing that, that we're really hoping to capture with this podcast is to 
create that sense of place in a way that we were not able to with the online format. Yeah, that was another huge tease revealed there, Chris. And just in episode one alone here, I'm sure many of our listeners are relieved to know where I currently live. Also, for those that are curious <laughs> to know places where I used to live, here's one, Northwest Kansas. But enough about me and geography, Chris. We've touched on it a bit, why a podcast, but maybe if we pull the curtain back a little farther, why a festival? And I know that you've had this dream for a while. Yeah, it's true. This is a dream that just hasn't let me be for over a decade. Ever since I moved away from Manchester after college, I have often found myself dreaming and scheming ways to deepen my connection with my hometown and stay connected with the many folks that I love and respect there through various projects and collaborations. This festival idea really struck the first year that I attended the Earthwork Harvest Gathering hosted by our dear friend and collaborator Seth Bernard and his family on their family farm near Lake City, Michigan. That experience was such an instant homecoming of sorts for me, finding many friends and kindred spirits in a beautiful space of live music, such a variety of heartfelt artistic expressions, compelling storytelling, conversations, discussions, workshops with activists and teachers on current events, sharing good food in the midst of beloved community. And these are all, these are my favorite things to do all in one space. And as I've experienced other festivals and community gatherings through the years, it's only increased my interest and passion for being a part of some sort of new expression, new event based in my hometown, one that is uniquely rooted and grounded in that small town community who raised me while also welcoming with open arms those from the surrounding miles, hopefully becoming one of those traditions, one of those places people feel at home in the years to come. Seth, you know that I've been riding these waves of inspiration and dreaming on this idea for years. But the one thing that I hadn't figured out with this festival idea was was where it was going to be. And like you've done so many times before, my go-to collaborator had the missing melody to make the song complete. Hmm. Thanks for that setup, friend. You know, as you're alluding to, the, this partnership with Manchester Church of the Brethren took a series of conversations. Some of those conversations started before I moved to North Manchester and then being relatively new here in some ways to the community, um, though I had some familiarity. Uh, I think the one thing that was really clear early on was that this congregation liked to dream big, but that they also had this strong identity and set of core values. And so I just sort of noticed how those two often worked together, I think, in, in harmony, especially, you know, dreaming big when it comes to the expression of those values. One, one thing that came to me as I was thinking about that was, I think the very first board meeting that I went to was approving of this solar energy project that would install 560 solar panels at the church. Of course, that's when I realized, you know, just how large of the property we had, because I wondered where they were all <laughs> going to go. Thinking about the scale just of that project at that first meeting, and then being here to sort of see more of the research and information gathering, how decisions were made, the fundraising, the community organizing, all the details to see it to completion, and then, you know, 
see it come up. It, it's, it's definitely a landmark that I think will be sort of a neat feature of the festival on the outdoor part of the property. All, the, all those kind of things, it's so, sort of like planning a festival, you know? And so I think early on, I had that sense that something like this could be possible. Also, just seeing how the space in the property had so much potential. It's been affirming even since we decided to move forward through the pandemic to see the congregation become more familiar with the outdoor spaces on our grounds, to see some of the natural amphitheater spaces and to see us use those for the first time, uh, especially as meeting indoors sort of became less appealing there. And so that's really appealing. And then, you know, our indoor space just has a lot of variety of options and flexibility that I think just all lend itself well to something like this, you know, but then I think the conversation really got going through some extended travel time together on a music tour weekend and probably lack of sleep as well. (laughs) (laughs) Always a key ingredient. Yeah. Thanks for all that, Seth. We were coming straight off a couple magical sets at Hollerfest just outside of Ann Arbor at the King family farm, Mm. Frog Holler farm and hopping in the van late at night, heading east to make a festival in Virginia the next day. And somewhere in the middle of Ohio, you planted this idea. It took me a while to wrap my head around it, to be honest. I'd always dreamed of having many folks from this church community being a part of the festival, but there's so much baggage that many carry with the church and a whole lot of folks carry negative connotations or have had traumatic experiences. And the more I listen to you, paint this picture of partnership and shared values and creative expression and radically inclusive community and all the skills and, you know, sense of service that that community holds. The more I was thinking about the potential of the space, but also of so many of my beloved friends and family in that community, my parents, my cousins, my late grandma and great grandma who would have both absolutely adored this idea and yeah, I think of them so often just as we're as we're building this. I remember getting to our hotel that night and really struggling to fall asleep just with a newfound sense of clarity and excitement, anticipation. Felt like a realization of wow, this could this could really happen. Hmm. This space and property of the church, you know, that just makes so much sense, you know, we were talking about that a little bit as a physical host for the event. I'm curious if you could just, you know, share a little bit more about that identity of the church, the values, the hopes, the dreams, what really spoke to you as you got to know the community better as a new pastor there, how this vision of the festival could align, you know, as a unique opportunity for partnership and collaboration from the church's view. Yeah. I think it was even on that weekend, I think on the way home, someone from the... (laughs) Someone from the church community, I think, saw that we were out at these festivals and thought, we should do one of these here, <laughs> you know? And I think that even, you know, spurred sort of... It was like the day, yeah. It was like the next day, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was wild to to sort of pair that. And so, you know, there was sort of this sense, oh, we we have the people here who can do this. We also have, as I mentioned before, this value and this strong identity that says we could put something on that would be a beautiful expression of our values of inclusion, of welcome, of peacemaking and and reconciliation and justice work. 
and sort of this, you know, sense of compassion that's rooted in community um, and that they would resonate in this, in this area, but also that we would be ready and have a tradition of stories to share. There were also just a couple of things that really excited me about what this collaboration could also bring of things that maybe were some, you know, longings or things that I even heard when I was in my interview process and thinking about the ways to have touch points here as a community in North Manchester beyond just Sunday morning, beyond just hoping people will walk through our doors on Sunday and find out all these things about us, but an opportunity to have not just our own individual touch points, which we have through the week, but a communal touch point, you know, on our, on our physical grounds. That was really appealing. And then I think also this longing for more opportunities for intergenerational engagement between the university that we have in our town, which brings a lot of different um, diversity and ideas and, and people there with our church community and then this surrounding area and trying to bring that community together in a new way. And so yeah, some of those, some of those things were just sort of leading to this space. And then I think it was, you know, sort of like, well, one of the toughest parts I think then was, gosh, if we're going to do this, what's the name going to be, <laughs> you know? And, you know, I was thinking about when, sometimes when I think about like small town communities, sometimes you might think of them as, you know, stagnant or slow to change. But I think there's just a real vibrancy in this community that is always changing and always in intention because because it's small, we don't have enough job market for everybody to stay here. And so we raise people up. We try to instill these values and then they leave and they go off on their own adventures. And then we also have this incredible retirement community with people with that being ever shifting. And so we have this continual motion of people coming and going, and we have these continual homecomings that, that happen because of that. People come here to, to see their parents, whether they're at the retirement community or whether it's young people coming back to see family, to see community. And, so I think societally we're familiar with the sense of homecoming, but I think it really is something that is in the rhythm of this congregation that they know and that they're in tune with. And I think there's an opportunity to explore this rhythm and something like this festival provides a space, I think, for year after year, this sense of homecoming. That's a real hope uh, that I have that we can create that sense of, of coming home for even if it's people who are here for the very first time who, you know, didn't know we existed, but have that sense of coming home. And I think that's at the heart of what I really resonate deeply with the mission and with the, the vision of this culture that we hope to cultivate. Yeah. I love that home, you know, while we were in the process of brainstorming what the name of the festival might yeah. be, it, it did take us a while. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of great <laughs> ideas, a lot of not so good ideas. A lot of themes that we were kind of working through, you know, but when we landed on this theme of home, it moved me so deeply, you know, because for me personally, just thinking about this, about the journey of this festival, you know, is, is one of me reinvesting my own time, my energy, talents, in some ways, all of my past experiences and connections and communities now are being channeled into this one expression, you know, that's taken me back to my hometown. 
We really hope it can be a collaborative experience, creative celebration for all of us. And it's been really wonderful to reflect on all of those past experiences and relationships, songs, stories that have been singing me home, singing me home to this, this moment here. Yeah. And there have just been so many relationships. We've just been nurtured by so many communities and influential people, I think, who have, you know, helped us as we've navigated this journey to this point. And now thinking about this, having something, it's just really exciting to think about something grounded here in this space, your old hometown and this place that I call home now too. You know, it's been a really powerful journey for me to be in these intentional conversations around building trust and what this partnership could look like between Friends with the Weather and and the Manchester Church of the Brethren. And, you know, as I've shared my hopes and intentions and visions of how this has been inspired, you know, to this point, it's been really moving to hear how the project lands within the church community's vision and and then how we can go about creating the shared vision together. And and really refreshing, to be honest, to hear a church community that's unapologetically Christian, rooted in that faith tradition, and yet also fearlessly living into this expansive sense of spirituality, of living in right relationship with the earth and with community. And that, that for me, really opens it up then to feel like a home that we can all create together, where it can be a place where folks from all traditions can come as they are, can be ourselves, share our stories, find the common ground, you know, in our shared humanity and our connections to this mission of music, social justice, spirituality. It takes me back to favorite festival moments. Seth, you have any, Hmm. any past experiences that, that are really informing or kind of inspiring what you envision Sing Me Home to be? I think the one that came back, especially as I think about what the Sing Me Home Festival could be, that kind of like transformative and sacred experience was that Hollerfest uh, a few years back. It was an acoustic, unplugged setting, which in my experience, that's been a pretty rare opportunity at, at festivals to have that kind of experience in a real small cabin packed together like a can of sardines with, you know, pre-pandemic times. And there were not that many people there, numbers-wise, but it just felt like the room was about to burst at the seams in terms of everyone that was in there. And there was just this energy that was, yeah, just incredible. I was just thinking of just one of those kind of like almost utopian spaces where you feel like everyone's on your side at that moment and where you could probably offer about anything at that moment and people would give you a standing ovation. <laughs> and, and I was just sort of left thinking, you know, I, gosh, why can't, why can't every place we, we play, you know, how, how can we play more places like that? What is that? How can we, you know, either cultivate that more of that in our show or in, in the experience? And um, why are there not more spaces like that? And so, I, yeah, I think how can, you know, how can we create spaces like that? I think that speaks to mm. what, we're, what we're hoping to do. Yeah. I remember that Hollerfest set so clearly feeling that 
collective energy rising and watching you and David, you know, feeling it in myself, just as the, that room, the audience, as they song by song shifted from audience to choir members and all of us creating it together, you know, that magical kind of co-creation between performers and audience, unexpected. That's part of what makes it so special. It's power and beauty. That's the vision for sure. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, that memory. Yeah. You know that you could be a couple miles from home or 30 or 200 miles from home. And you could share an experience where you feel like it's happening in your living room. You know, it's just like that feeling of home. What about you, Chris? One memory that that comes to mind is thinking back to Mutual Kumquat Days, our, our first band together, and one of our first times going to Song and Story Fest, which has been a favorite festival destination of ours for years. It felt like a week-long jam session, you know, practices that turned into jam sessions that just was so invigorating and inspiring and seemed like every day someone new joined the party and by the time the Friday night concert came along we had a, filled the stage with with new collaborators that's like a week that's a moment that really captures that sense of collaboration you know of reunion with with dear friends of creative spiritual retreat a sense almost of like you know everyone present is really creating the moment together and that moment has never happened before and will never happen quite like that again and where that exchange of ideas and melodies is so energized and cross-pollination of between traditions and genres, leaving one really feeling inspired to create, carry that experience home, start making plans for the next year. I think of so many of our, of our own collaborative endeavors, Seth, that can trace kind of the seeds of inspiration to moments like that inspiration striking and goodness emerging that neither of us would have thought about on our own but was directly nurtured and inspired by some meaningful shared experience. I see that as a real goal of Sing Me Home to create, nurture those unique moments of collaboration that the community is actively participating in. We were never scared of, uh, you know, band size. We were always, uh, no, that's the fun. We're always willing, especially the early days, right? Yeah. Want to join the band? Yeah. Always welcoming folks in always that spirit of collaboration has just always been so important. You were talking a bit about your longtime dream of organizing a festival, and I'm sure in that dream that your hope was that the first one would be a virtual festival, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that was definitely not the plan. You know, we all have our own story of that time of the early pandemic of, you know, plans deferred, opportunities dashed, goals or visions that needed to be adapted or transformed to meet the moment. We had been working so hard in late 2019 and early 2020 and had received final approval from the church community that first week of March to move forward for our inaugural in-person festival in October 2020. That all happened literally days before everything was rapidly changing and places were starting to shut down as COVID spread. And just in a matter of days, it became very clear to us that our plans were going to have to radically transform and like so many of us there was just such an emerging journey of grief that we were embarking on amidst the shock of what was happening the immense loss of life and the the rising sense of fear anxiety as the new 
you know, reality was settling in. And at the same time, I was, you know, pretty immersed in my own personal journey as, you know, many of our worlds shrunk so quickly as the quarantine time set in having a five-year-old kiddo at the time who was you know thriving in her preschool now all of a sudden was home all day missing friends and teachers partner who's a nurse who would soon be on the front lines caring for many covid patients and then for me grieving this festival we had worked so hard it had been so exciting and all of a sudden days away from announcing everything changed During those early days, the soundtrack for me, this beautiful melancholy recording by one of my favorite musicians, Laurel Primo. Love to share this quote from Laurel. When I first encountered the hymn at a sacred harp singing, the meaning of the original lyrics hit me hard. The few lyrics are a pledge to walk with God's children, to talk with them, and to pray on until the warfare is over, until the warfare is over, is repeated over and over again. As I listen to that over and over, allowing myself to feel it all, you know, my heart breaking open, present, to that overwhelming grief and also feeling this emerging curiosity and commitment to figuring out how Sing Me Home could show up in that moment and live into our mission, perhaps in a totally different way than we had imagined. Yeah. Looking back at that experience, what reflections do you carry with you? Looking back with a bit of distance, I feel really proud, um, humbled by what we were able to accomplish, you know, with that online launch. Um, So incredibly grateful for the support of the church community and for the leadership there and for our small but mighty team that we were able to creatively adapt in those really uncertain times to provide such a meaningful experience for folks, both near and far. And to all the artists and the speakers and viewers who just contributed in such powerful ways through their performances or just through engagement, you know, comments, messages, emails, donations of support, really felt like we were creating this Sing Me Home community, you know, that had not previously existed. Our hope was that we could create a space of comfort, of inspiration, of connection, of community. And I think we were able to accomplish that in ways, you know, that were way beyond our wildest expectations. Yeah, like you, definitely grateful for that experience and also hopeful for the possibilities and opportunities here that have emerged for 2022. So I think without uh, further ado, drum roll, air drum roll out there. Here is what we have lined up for the next year. Our kickoff event for Sing Me Home is going to be on May 7th. So mark your calendars 
It's a Saturday evening, and we're going to be hosting Carrie Newcomer. Really excited about that. I know many of our listeners are familiar with her, but if you're not, you're about to become a fan. She has roots in this area. She has over 20 albums to her name, and along with being a gifted and thoughtful lyricist and songwriter, I think she's just a lovely soul. And her musical approach and themes explore the spiritual, the philosophical, and the humanitarian areas of life. Anything else you want to say, Chris, about that kickoff? Carrie's performance during the online festival was a real highlight for a lot of people. And so it feels really fitting and exciting to be able to have her back to help launch our inaugural year of in-person programming. Yeah. And just a couple of other things to add about this spring concert. We're planning to have it outdoors, if weather permits, and it's going to be a free event. Another piece of this is that we're going to be announcing some of the fall festival lineup and tickets will go on sale that weekend for the fall festival. You can save the dates for October 7th through the 9th for that in-person festival, October 7th through the 9th. Any thoughts on that one, Chris? It's just so exciting to think about. Yeah. And then to close out 2022, we're going to be having a benefit concert in December. And the idea is to host a benefit for another organization each year whose work reflects the values and missions of Sing Me Home. It's an expression of our commitment to community and lifting one another up. And for next year, that benefit will go to On Earth Peace. And so all funds that are raised for that benefit will go to the work of this organization, On Earth Peace, that works on peace and justice issues and been very active lately in anti-racism programming and nonviolent training. So there it is, Chris. Amazing. 2022. I'm so excited about this vision and, and this trial run next year with three events over the course of the year, having multiple opportunities to gather and live into the mission with in-person gatherings. I love thinking about things in the season, the expectant kind of coming alive energy of spring, the the big planning and preparation that will be happening during the summer months as we head to the inaugural festival in October. And then the wintertime benefit more of an inward kind of reflective gathering of service and giving back to a partner organization that we really believe in what they're up to, their work and their mission. So yeah, this is the trial run and we hope to build upon this in the years to come. It'll be fun to see that take shape. And obviously in some following episodes, we'll share some more details as they come, as well as uh, sharing some more exciting stories. But as we close uh, this one, I know something that we hope to provide each episode is a musical offering to leave you with. So for this episode, our friends with the weather bandmate, David Hupp, have recorded with me the song, Tell Me Stories. And that's a, a song, Chris, you wrote a few years ago now. And yeah, I, I'm excited to sort of share it in this space as we think about the stories that we each have to share. And I think this really foundational piece of the Sing Me Home community, sharing stories of place, about who we are, and the values that we hold as a community. 
I love what you've done with the song too, Seth, just framing it in the spirit of community, kind of storytelling, story sharing. The initial lyric or inspiration of the song was more of an intimate love song, but I love the reframing of thinking about it within that community context of creating space for that vulnerability and intimacy that we hope to create here with Sing Me Home. So thanks for sharing this, Seth. And thanks so much to everyone out there who's tuned in for this inaugural episode of the Sing Me Home podcast. I look forward to some wonderful episodes coming up where we'll feature the stories and insights of some of our favorite local North Manchester personalities. We'll also plan to share some short video clips and musical performances on our social media channels. And you can always tune in to singmehome.org to link to all of it. All right, Seth, here's you and David with the song, Tell Me Stories. Sunshine hits your face like the goddess was aiming for you. I know I would if I were her. Light it up to see each freckle, each eyelash, and those words bursting in your eyes. Tell me stories, tell me your dreams. I want to know everything. Tell me stories, tell me your dreams. Heart's so full I can't help but sing You got that sparkle that brightens Up every room Magnetic and warm in your glow This precious life is sacred Your tender actions speak Oh, you help make a believer out of me Tell me stories, tell me your dreams I want to know everything Tell me stories, tell me your dreams My heart's so full I can't help but sing Can't help but sing Tell me stories, tell me your dreams. 
wanna know everything. Tell me stories, tell me your dreams. My heart's so full, I can't help but sing. My heart's so full, I can't help but sing.